0: Welcome to the Midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. I really kind of hammed that one up, didn't I? <laughs> and in
1: this corner, <laughs> <Rob> weighing <Croyle. laughs> 214 COVID pounds.
0: ha 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 ha! Rob Croyle That sounded like you were shifting a car <laughs> Rob <laughs> Croyle Anyway, all right obviously it is just me and Rob me being <laughs> Logan and Rob being Rob in the office clash slash clash slash studio today uh we're so we apologize in advance there's no one to keep us we are
1: missing our co-host Jenna fier.
0: yep no fier or maybe we should Fierre because there is no Jenna fier with us today I I'm I'm the puns are going to be so bad. Yes. Today. I'm just warning you in advance yes. none of my jokes are going to be good.
1: No. That's all right.
0: Listen to this on at least 1.5 speed, possibly 2.5. Mm. Make us sound like chipmunks.
1: That would be
0: so fun. But now we're going to talk like this because you're going to speed us up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too much fun already! All right, so let's uh, let's start. I can't wait
1: for the Brent Billings text.
0: (sighs) He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna have words. Um, (laughs) like you guys, footnotes podcast is like listening to things written in papyrus. Ouch! (laughs) There's a y'all are comic sans anyway, uh, or sans comic. Mm. Ooh, that was actually a good joke. Mm. Yikes. Uh, anyway, uh, let's do a COVID, a coronavirus, my corona update. Yeah. Because it's been a minute since we've talked about kind of what, what the State of the Union is.
1: Yeah, we've had these questions start coming, come in, and I uh, appreciate everybody uh, just kind of reaching out and asking those questions. So the state of Montana's in Phase 1. Uh, Missoula is a little more restrictive than the rest of the state um, as a county, which is fine. And uh, for places of worship, they can open up when they can provide proper social distancing, uh, maintaining six foot of distance between families. Well, for us, we're not able to. We're not able to do that. Not in this location.
0: Yep. If you've been to services here, you know we are a close knit group when we, we worship together, <laughs> AKA, we in a small room.
1: Now, we are looking to move at some point this year. We're not quite ready for that. Um, some things are coming. Uh, you know, some pieces of the chessboard are moving into the right places. So that's helpful. Things are we're-
0: brewing. Things are brewing on the horizon,
1: but we don't have a checkmate yet. Don't have a yet. So uh, yeah, and and so uh, so we are okay. waiting for phase two. Uh, we are inviting people to have set
0: your phasers to two.
1: <laughs> uh, in phase two, our understanding is that our places of worship will be able to. Uh, have up to fifty people when they're not able to do the social distancing thing. So there's some churches that they could probably have a hundred people in social distance because their facility is that large. We don't have that luxury today. Uh, and again, uh, down the road we may have uh, some expanded capacity and we're we gonna we got a place in mind. I uh, don't know if that's gonna be the place, but we have a place in mind and we're praying about that actively. We invite you to pray with us. Yeah. But until that time, until we hit phase two as a state, uh, we are inviting our people to do some watch parties to start gathering in homes. And And smaller groups. Yeah, so we have to stay within uh, 10 people limit. But you do not have to social distance in those cases unless... um, Unless you have someone that is considered vulnerable, then social distancing sure. is still um, the best tactic to take at this point.
0: Yeah, I I think the the thing here is just be smart. Let's this is this is still an opportunity for us to take care of the people around us and to love them well.
2: <clears throat>
0: if you have the vulnerable around you, do what you can to protect them um but we don't need to be living in fear and uh you know if if you want to start coming to care group live and in person i know i've started that with my group we'll continue to use zoom Uh, one of our guys is down in california so we got to zoom him in anyway but um the live and in person you can we, we can start coming together in smaller groups like that and We'll slowly just kinda work our way on up to being all together as a larger church body.
1: Yeah, really good news is we've had no new cases in in the state for several days now. There are no active cases in Missoula. I think there was less than five people in hospitals as of yesterday. I'm not sure if that's still the case today. I haven't looked at all the numbers. Uh, I I've heard that St. Pat's has shut down their COVID ward,
0: just because they didn't need it.
1: They didn't need it, so that is fantastic news. Uh, so we're heading in a really positive direction. Uh, I feel like our state has has responded well. I feel like our people have as as a state have responded well. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know Montana has been. Social distancing since its inception, <laughs> and so this is not a new muscle group for uh, for a lot our, of our neighbors.
0: L- Some there's going to be people coming out of the hills you know, in a month or so, and they're going to be like, "Wait, what happened? <laughs> what did I miss? I've been gone for six months."
1: Um, yeah, great big smiles on their face because yeah, nothing's new to them. Uh, <laughs> that's fun. So at any rate, I think we're heading in a good direction, and uh, we will just continue um, down this path together as a church. Um, I love that our people are starting to get together in small groups, and and we're just bridging that gap slowly but surely. And and I long for the day, long for the day when we can worship together. Yep,
0: I'm pretty, I'm pretty ready for that. <clears throat> Pretty ready for that. Cool. Well, there's your, uh, there's your my, my, my corona update. And, uh, let's dive into shortcomings other than my jokes, which are a constant source of shortcomings. <laughs> um, they always fall short. But, uh, the only thing that we that that I, I, I didn't even catch this, you called yourself out on this one, Rob, is apparently. When we were talking care groups in the sermon, you maybe said 18 to 14 people.
1: Yeah, I either mumbled the word eight and said eight to 14 or I said
0: 18
1: to 14. Okay. It was, you know, All right. So it wasn't super clear, but I said, Did I just say 18? And the people around me said, That's what I heard. And I was wondering why it'd be 18 to to 14. It's. It's 8-2-14. Yep. And, um, and, and that's not a hard and fast rule. Those are guidelines.
0: Sure. I've been in bigger groups, and I, yeah, I've been in smaller care groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shoot, this week we only had four. Yep. It was just fine. Just yeah. fine. So, you know, as long as there's two or more that are gathered. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a Bible reference. All right. Uh yeah, so not not a bad, not a bad week for shortcomings. No. Or we were just completely oblivious to what we screwed up and we're going to hear about it when y'all email whatever the heck we did wrong to info@missionridge.church. Yes. Have at us. Um but I think uh I think we did pretty pretty all right. So, speaking of care groups though, there's a segue for you. Oh, let's do that. Uh let's talk about our transitions. <laughs> Oh. Let's uh let's let's talk about our care groups and how the guidelines uh oftentimes we 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 will call them rules because we love to call them rules, but really and you were, we were talking about this earlier and and you make a very valid point, Rob. These are more of guidelines, which reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: they they more they be more of a- guidelines. <laughs> But uh, these guidelines and how they how they help foster authenticity in our groups,
1: right? Right. The well, well. First of all, when I think of, when I think in terms of guidelines, I think of like the white lines and yellow lines on the road. Ninety nine percent of the time, you should probably be in between them. It's a good choice. You know, uh, but there are all those times. You know, there's a there's a car that's Double parked. There's a guy on a bike, and you don't want to hit him. You want to give him plenty of room. Yep. There, there are all those times. There's something in the road. that's in the way. There are all those times where you where you do uh, cross those lines. And in care groups, there are times when when one of us will seemingly break a guideline, and and then it's like. Is, is everything okay? Well, yeah, if roughly right still <laughs> needs to play in our care groups too.
0: Yeah. So I, I think, and there are some of these, I don't know, in my mind at least, there are some of these rules that are more likely to be a guideline and less of a hard, fast rule. Um, yes. You know, for example, it, it, the, the rescuing. You know, one of our rules is no fixing or rescuing. Which the fixing side of it is, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to tell you, try to, try to therap- try to do some therapy on you or tell you what you need to do. I'm there to listen and I'm there to empathize. And we're, you know, we, we kind of, it's kind of cliche to say this, but we're going to let Jesus do the work of fixing you. You know, this is a place to wrestle with stuff and I can help you wrestle through things but I'm not going to tell well, here's what you need to do, Rob. I heard what you just said, and let me tell you these three steps that you need to take in order to fix that problem in your life, right? That's not...
1: Or they run up to you after meeting you and hearing 30 seconds of your story, and they run up to you afterwards and say, you need to read this book.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I've,
1: I've actually heard of an author talk about this. Someone did this to him.
2: Mm.
1: Or it was I don't remember if it was a him or her. Honestly, it was it was over this was uh this was a tweet from like a year ago. They ran up to him and they're like, You should read this book.
0: Was it their book? Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. that's perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Here, you should read this. This author did a really good job. They must not have known their name.
1: And the thing is, is so. You know, sometimes people say something that is maybe sacrilegious or, or just off scripturally. Sure. And the question becomes, are you are you going to address that? Yep. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Well, and, and the you know, the other side of that is the the rescuing. Um. And the rescuing is like we don't want to just pull people out of their emotional state, right? right? It's not my it's not my job in care group to you know you share something heavy, and because I'm uncomfortable with the heaviness of the situation, I crack a joke, um, or right? I you know stop you from sharing and say there there it's okay, right? Like that's not that's not the point of like that's that's bad rescuing. However, there are times where yeah, sometimes you need to you need to come alongside people because they're, you know, there there's there's an you know, it's a we don't want to just be cold and distant. Again, like right. it, it's called a care group where we should probably should care for we each probably other. I should care. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's walking this line. And so you you make a very valid point that these are more of guidelines and a, a guiding principle maybe of how to have a good group and how to, and really all of these rules are there to some degree to foster authentic relationship. Right. Um, whether it be it being a safe place uh, or we jokingly call baby Vegas, right? We want it to be a safe place where we're not, it's not a, it's not a source of gossip, right? That helps foster authenticity. Uh, whether it's using i statements and owning things up that's literally being authentic. Absolutely. <clears throat> um or the one uh the one that i i you know this is one that we easily overlook and we probably don't utilize enough is the silence. Silence is okay. Right. Um that's a that rule you might be like, well how does that how is that authenticity? you know how does that foster authenticity? <laughs> I got a quote here by Richard J. Foster. Um, one reason we can hardly bear to remain silent is that it makes us feel so helpless. We are so accustomed to relying on words to manage and control others. If we are silent, who will take control? God will take control, but we will never let him take control until we trust him. Silence is intimately related to trust.
1: Yeah. So silence, uh, and this one was the hardest one to talk about because if you haven't sat in a group before, and you say, "Well, silence is important." Well, does that mean we like are we sitting there meditating for like ten minutes? No, this is this is twenty seconds of silence. Sure. You know, so what happens is, you know, the leader will pose a question from the curriculum. Uh, sometimes our leaders will pose a a question, not from the curriculum because of just where the conversation has gone. Sure. But they're posed out very often. Yeah. They pose, they pose a question and people are like internally going, Oh, I haven't thought of that before. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder what this means for me. Ooh, this, this is stinging a little bit. I'm, this and this is all going on internally, and I have watched people that, um, where this is a brand new muscle for them, allowing for silence. They, they, they're just. This is not a familiar world or
2: <laughs>
0: there, there. are a space for them that can be incredibly uncomfortable.
1: And so, instead of thinking through the through the question they're like wow no one's talking about anything and and man we should probably be talking about stuff because well because then i wouldn't have to think about this you know <laughs> like they just fill the space and they go on and on and on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. on and on and on and on and on and you're like where's the mute button <laughs> yeah so there's that side of it the other the other side of it is is People who overshare, which those of us who are teachers by trade, mm. uh, as a pastor, I, I, I find
0: Part of your role is to teach.
1: Part of my role is to teach, and I find myself actively needing to monitor the number of times I say something.
0: Yep. Yeah, I fall into that all the time. I'll get going, and then I'm like, well, that was a diatribe. Good job, Logan. (laughs) Yes. That was sarcasm for anyone who didn't catch that.
1: (laughs) And so sometimes, you know, we need um, to—and it's not that we don't have good things to say,
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but God's Spirit is working in everybody in that group. Presumably. I mean, there yeah. may be some people that don't haven't totally connected to Christ, and, and so God's Spirit hasn't come upon them yet. But if everybody is a follower of Christ and the Spirit is upon them, just because they sit there silent more often than the other folks in the room doesn't mean God's Spirit isn't speaking through them. And if you give space for that— Yep. My dad is an in, was an internal processor. I don't know if he's an internal processor in heaven or not. <laughs> it could still be the same. But uh, his reputation was of being a very wise man. Because he would process, 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 process throughout a group meeting. And at the end of the meeting, he would say one thing and one thing only. And it was golden, Mm -hmm. and I just remember when we celebrated his life. You know, person after person after person coming up to me going, "Man, sitting in group with your dad was amazing." (laughs) Because when he spoke, it was like E. F. Hutton. You know,
0: (laughs) deep. Got some depth to it. Yeah, I like it. Cool. So yeah, that all of that, all that to say, you know. Care groups, the guidelines, the ground rules these are these are in place to help foster authenticity um, and so we encourage you to embrace those uh, and dig into that and that's that's where that's a little insight into where those come from and and what the the method to the madness may be yep um, speaking of authenticity we've Just got this uh, we've got this core value How of are authenticity. You? It's another another core value coming out of the story of Abraham. Oh man, weird! Gosh, that's so strange. It's like we're doing that intentionally. <laughs> wild! What a wild. wild time! Wild time. But we got this core value of authenticity, and we see this showing up in the story. Uh, it really, and there's a lot of these that show up in a lot of these stories. But this one, we you focused in on this one this week, and I think. This one might be the most... I I don't want to rank our core values. But if I had to, Mm. I think I would rank this one as the most important.
1: It may be the springboard for all the others.
0: I think if you... If you don't have authenticity, if we don't, as a community, walk out authenticity... I think it is the linchpin that holds those other ones in place.
1: Mm. Growth is handicapped. Trust is lost. Dysfunction is fostered. Raise your hand if you've seen growth, handicap, trust, loss, and dysfunction fostered within your church experience. Go ahead, raise your hand. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I think. I think in terms of, uh, you know, someone talking years ago about. Experience someone, someone's saying, I have 20 years experience. Well, is that 20 years of of growth experience, or is that one year of experience 20 times over?
0: Uh, No, no growth, just sitting stagnant for 20 years in the same flat line, leveling out. Yeah,
1: yeah, so, Hmm. um.
0: Yeah, this is and, and this is something that we gotta continually be growing in. You gotta flex this muscle.
1: Now we in our core values we we list verses that kind of highlight what we're talking about. In first John one, seven through nine. Tell me if you see Abraham uh in this. It says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Mm. Do we see Abram just in his actions go, Ooh, I, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, you're going to need to forgive me, God, because mm. I'm going to fail you. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Like Abram was not willing to say he was sinless. Mm-hmm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, we, we, we Something see,
0: was counted towards... counted to Abraham as righteousness, wasn't it? Yeah. Baited question. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is... And, and having fellowship with one another, like, if we are not authentic, like, if I go in the group and... I hide the fact that my marriage is dying on the vine. Mm -hmm. And Logan's like, Rob, how you doing? I'm like, oh, we're good, man.
0: Living the dream. You know. Living the dream.
1: And then I go home and marriage is just dying on the vine. That is not fellowship. No. That's not deep relationship. That's fake
0: it's not authenticity and it's there's not healthy
1: and there's not in a large group you may not share to that degree but when i sit down with logan later sure like there may there are some things that i'm not going to share in group i am going to share with logan in a yeah, one-on-one environment
0: there there are levels of of i, I you know, we, we talked about maybe using a, a an image in the sermon. Um, imagine with me uh, concentric circles. Okay? So you've got maybe three or four circles, like a bullseye, a, a dartboard, right? And the circles get smaller into the center. Yep. And in that center one, I think, is intimacy, vulnerability, authenticity. These these are all terms that are all going to apply there. Um this is between you and god yep right this at- is at the core of everything you need to be able to be authentic with god if you can't do that then everything else is going to have dysfunction and not actually you won't you won't have roots it won't grow from there um so at the core is that and then as you move out the the circles the amount of people in these circles is going to increase as you move further out, as you expand. And I would say it's probably not... I don't want to call it an inverse, like, as you go further out and the number of people increases, the level of authenticity decreases. Because that's not quite right. I think the authenticity itself stays the same, but the the content that you would be... um, that it's safe to share maybe um, you you have to be intelligent about how you share various things in your life
1: well and, and so if that if the care group is you know three rings out sure that care group is going to be made of made up of people that uh, you have varying degrees of relationship with and so your conversation should be respectful of that like trust has to be earned
0: absolutely when someone brand new comes to the group it changes it changes how the group dynamic functions yeah like it just takes time
1: now being an authentic person like like rob how's your week you know what my week was tough and i'm really wrestling through some things uh, in fact, Logan, you and I need to have a conversation later. That's that's authentic within a large group.
0: Sure, and and you're you're not you're not oversharing because there is a flip side of this of where you you know people will say, well, I'm going to open a book, right? Well, you are, but you aren't a lot of times because that that's not actually that's not actually healthy. To just share everything with everyone, Um, I think if you if you get onto Facebook and you see uh, most of us probably have a friend or two that everything goes on there, and I think there's probably something in your mind. There's probably a little alarm bell that goes off and says, "That's not there's something there's something off here." Yeah, that's not healthy.
1: Yeah, sharing with the entire world.
0: So, I think you can be. I think the point here is you can be authentic. As your example, you know, I've had a tough week and I'm wrestling through some stuff. You didn't give details. Yeah. Right. You've still got some stuff that you're obviously holding that's not safe to share. You don't feel safe. Whether or not it is safe is irrelevant, really. You don't feel safe sharing that with the entire group, but you're still saying, like, I'm authentically where I'm at and the group then needs to say yeah that's okay and i'm not going to i'm not going to dig in and say oh well what what are you wrestling with or right. maybe maybe i will ask that but you can then come back and say uh ah,
1: as leaders if we look around the you know, group and we go man this group really has earned that person's trust like this is a conversation we should have sure we should have now uh, you know the, it's an invitation to extend the invitation hey uh, uh, you know that we love you.
0: Do you want to talk about that stuff?
1: Do you want to talk about this now? Yep. Because just because you are an authentic person doesn't mean that every conversation is easy.
0: No, not at all. So, so
1: yeah, that's our core value. It's uh, it's super important to us as a leadership. Uh, we invite you to the degree that. All of us embrace this
2: mm-hmm.
1: is to the degree that growth will either be enhanced or handicapped, trust is either gained or lost, and dysfunction is either fostered or eliminated.
0: Exactly. Boom. So like it. Well, let's dive into uh let's dive into some tasty footnote goodness. Mm-hmm. So one thing that popped into my mind here is in going through this Blood Path Covenant story. Yeah, this is uh, this is not the first covenant that we have seen God make with mankind, right? Uh, you know, it was uh, a ways back, a wee bit ago, back in either January or February, when we were going through Genesis and we saw Noah, and God made a covenant with Noah. Right? We remember this with the bow in the clouds, and there was all sorts of chiasm stuff going on, and this was a caesarean... No, nope. Suzerain. Nailed it. Suzerain vassal covenant that God created then. No uh,
1: babies were taken
0: yep. in this covenant? No babies were taken. Oh, jeez.
2: <clears throat>
0: Just remembering <laughs> that footnote's where I said it wrong the entire time. Uh, <laughs> there's a shortcoming. Yikes. Uh, Suzerain vassal covenant where you've got a a greater party and a lesser party. Right. And if you... Man, shoot. Like, in this covenant, this blood path covenant that God is making with Abram, there is a greater party and a lesser party. Yes, there is. Oh, all right, all right, all right. And in the Noah covenant, God does something a little weird. He flips flips it around, and he, he points the bow, if you will. He points the bow, the rainbow, which when you think of a bow would be like a bow and arrow. He points that bow up at him, up into the sky. Right. Almost saying, like, I'm going to take the punishment if you break. Like, if this gets, if this, if this covenant gets shattered, I'm going to take it on me. I got this one. Right. And what do we see again with Abram here? Oh, shoot. He takes it on himself again. Yes. But. There is one difference I will point out. In this one, there's this sign of the covenant that Abram, that we're going to see, that eventually we get this sign of the covenant, which is circumcision. And Abram, so God does give, instead of him remembering the sign, the bow in the clouds, now he's giving a little bit more responsibility to the other party of the covenant, yes. Which is, I, I, I just the the correlations between these are delicious.
1: Which which just speaks to the longer your relationship with, with God, the more He expects from you, mm-hmm. and we will see that continue. That theme continue. And and I, it's no different with us with 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 kids. I mean, you don't expect anything from an infant like it's it's a one way relationship I provide I provide I provide I provide you just be there and be cute like you just be you be and you and be cute like those like that's that's the whole
0: expectation thinking baby starts crying you had one job be cute
1: (laughs) (laughs) so and that's when I hand them off
0: (laughs) you had one job get it together
1: <laughs> <laughs> but as that parent child relationship changes the child takes on roles and expectations and mm-hmm. responsibility and and as our relationship with god grows like like coming to christ is is simple christ is christ is Paved the path for you. It's a decision to accept who he is and what he's done and making him Lord of your life. From there on, the expectations
0: they increase,
1: they increase through relationship.
0: And eventually, it costs you everything.
1: Yeah. 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 Discipleship, being a follower of Christ isn't cheap.
2: No.
0: No. I like it. I like it. I just, I find that it's, this is the second time that God is willing to intervene, that we're already seeing. We're already seeing this early in, like, if you look at the Bible, we are barely, barely past the cover. This is the second time we're already seeing, maybe more than the second time, God willing to, come down and meet people and willing to take on the punishment so to speak yeah super cool yeah super good stuff there uh you left out a couple of verses on sunday when we were we we're going through the story and you skipped over i think it's uh, verses 13 through 16 in the chapter yep uh and this was intentional it wasn't what um, i say like you skipped over or you you left out um It was intentional because it's uh, where God's talking about this odd little bit in the story, something about 400 years and slavery, and we're like, what is going on there?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually going to be more important to this next week's conversation than this last week's conversation. But the verses are, are this. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners. Now, that word sojourner... Sounds wanderer, yeah. Wanderer, um, vagabond. It's uh, it could also be translated stranger or or alien. Ah, um, alien may be the, the best term for us to think of. So, your offspring will be aliens, strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years.
0: So they're going to be foreigners in a land afflicted for 400 years as servants. Yep. Huh. Man, it'd be crazy if that came up later.
1: Yeah. Uh, He goes on to say, But I'll bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Now, I invite you to remember that the first time Israel hears hears these words is at Mount Sinai. They are the ones that had come out of Exodus. Boom. And they're hearing this prophecy that they've already lived out. Uh Uh-huh. And they and so like these words would have been powerfully important to them as a people having come out of that mm-hmm. the uh the the interesting thing is we know that Abram has gone down to Egypt uh he, he became rich in Egypt he brought back slaves from yeah. Egypt, and so those slaves are. In his house, in the sense, Egypt is a part of. Is has been consumed, yep. has been internalized.
0: He brought a little bit of Egypt back with him,
1: and 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 so if you ask yourself the question, why for a hundred years? I I think sometimes God wants us to be so sick of those things that we tried to cling to. That. We just have no desire to cling to them. We're ready.
0: We are ready to throw them out.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, For me, uh, debt. Mm. You know, I've used debt to uh, to solve problems instead of being patient. Mm. And and then I get to the end. I'm like, I am so sick of debt. Like I do not want to go back. Sure, and there's some debt that I think is is reasonable. Uh, owning a home, having a debt to own a home, I think is reasonable. Have having credit card debt to the tunes of you know thousands upon thousands. That is not. No that,
0: bueno. You know. That's not good. So, uh,
1: we will see these sets of verses. Uh, we'll see a connection to this week's mm. story, and so I'm excited to. Uh, Talk about that nice on Sunday.
0: Nice. Some tasty goodness there. Cool. Let's uh oh that last verse of that because of the Amorites. Mm. Read that for me again.
1: And they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity, the sin of the Amorites is not yet complete.
0: That one, I'm just gonna throw this out. Moment of authenticity that verse bugs the heck out of me. Mm. Cuz when I hear that, <clears throat> when I hear when I read that, when I hear that, when I look at that verse, what I see is the Amorites haven't become sinful enough so they can't enter the land yet. Like God knows they're going to get worse. Yeah. But for some reason God wants to let them get worse before they're removed from the land like that verse I have no solutions for that. <laughs> it just sits there as a thorn in my side when mm. I read this story and I'm like something about that I don't I just don't get. It makes me go back and wrestle with it more, which maybe that's the it's not a bad thing.
1: yeah' I'll, I'll say this. As a parent, sometimes you see your son or daughter heading down a path that's just not good. Mm. And you go, we're going to have to see how this plays out. Now, that's me as a parent with limited knowledge. Sure. I, yeah, I think one of the reasons why you're wrestling with this is because God's ha- God has unlimited knowledge. Yeah.
0: Like, God, he he, he knows what's going to happen um if you see this coming what 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 the heck yeah that's a toughy that's a toughy
1: that is
0: yeah it's just it's just that and it's just an odd little like thrown in there right at the end just like here's a little whoop right there at the end i don't know there you go that's
1: a fun noise
0: welcome to the welcome to the mind of logan (laughs)
1: Jeez. <laughs> welcome the mission ridge oh
0: my goodness
1: hashtag covid might be infecting our brains <laughs> by I, now.
0: I will say i i have noticed that when i do get into a conversation with somebody um and not that i don't love you rob but usually it's somebody that i haven't been seeing a lot of recently oh geez yeah um no offense, stick it, you know none given none taken good uh when I do get into a conversation with somebody that I haven't seen for a while, or I, you know, it's it's a fresh person, we're gonna be talking for a while. <laughs> and I'm going to over talk and silence can be thrown right out the window. The floodgates have been opened. I apologize to everyone that I am interacting with for the next however long. Because
1: I, 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 I've been a part of some conversations and I I just knew that the person was Unloading, like they're they've they've had they got five thousand words and they haven't been able to speak fifty to someone new, yeah. And, and so here comes four thousand nine hundred and fifty <laughs> words, and I'm just <laughs> sitting here, exactly, uh, just just being a good friend, just being on the other side of it, just going, I love you, man. <laughs>
0: that, oof, oof. it's yeah, a thing, I, yeah. It's no, a thing. No offense taken. There you go. Please, uh, please,
1: someone. Someone talk with Logan.
0: Help. (laughs) Help help. him. I didn't realize I was (laughs) such an extrovert.
1: (laughs) Oh, Speaking of uh, barrenness of conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was almost a perfect transition. Yikes. (laughs) Papyrus on the ears. Uh, (laughs) I think that's my new phrase. <laughs> Papyrus to my ears. <laughs> oh man. Barrenness. Yeah, let's uh barrenness keeps popping up in these stories. So, like this yeah. is a thing. This is a driving force this in is, this story. This what's is going a, on here?
1: This is a powerful narrative. And and me talking about barrenness is is like me talking about the joys of giving birth. Like <laughs> it's <laughs>
0: I'm in birth. That wasn't too bad. I just kind of stood there. It's a my like, hand was a little numb afterwards, like but this
1: this is a mental exercise for me. Like I like for me to try to grasp what this means to someone. Yeah. I i I'll, I'll 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 say this. One of my a moment that still kind of haunts me is I asked a friend who was dealing with barrenness, trying Mm. to... uh, They were seeing specialists. They were...
0: Doing everything they could.
1: Doing everything under the sun. Not my finest moment. I I was looking at her, and she was holding her back in in a way that women do when they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, excited I'm like, oh, man. I should have asked someone else.
0: Oh, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see where this is going. I,
1: I should have asked someone else. The oh. pain on her face when I asked her.
0: Oh, foot, meat, mouth. Yeah.
1: I could not find a, a hole to crawl into fast enough. Yikes. And so I j- that's as much as I know about this conversation I know some people when it comes to Mother's Day they cannot go through the church doors mm. it is a powerful powerful stigma negative stigma within our and within our culture today and within the church world sure and it you know because every every young married woman, the question becomes, well, when are you having children? Um, and so it, it's just a very emotional painful and so we if we connect to that idea, if we if we read these stories with that in mind, it gives us an understanding of why why Abram is so desperate. To say to the Lord, how is it, like, here's a husband looking at his wife, he sees her pain, and he's going, I don't understand why, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: why are you not answering my my wife's prayers?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: How are you saying you're going to bless me, and you will not bless my wife, is the undercurrent conversation that Abram is having right here, right now. Yep, and so you know the Hebrew word for baron is a car. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. car um, A-har. A-har. um or throw,
0: throw more phlegm. That always in, solves in, it. In
1: in uh, the feminine version of that is hara, and it denotes um. Uprooted. It's mm. a sense of being torn away from the family stock and left to wither without progeny or successor. A similar important attached to the word a uh, uh, or I probably butchered that. It means buried, <laughs> stripped, translated childless. So, like, just, I invite you to Google the word barren mm-hmm. and then go over and look at the photos. And what you're going to see is this patch, patches of dirt over and over again. You see these pictures of this wasteland, this... this there's
0: nothing growing.
1: There's dirt that can't facilitate mm-hmm. life. And, like, it's dead in the womb like and and this is the spiritual this is what a person feels like Mm. and this is this is what they picture other people how other people see them especially in a culture and and some of this I'm taking from the 1906 Jewish Encyclopedia you can find that at jewishencyclopedia.com but says that a race that piously looked upon children as an as a, as a heritage from the Lord seeing in them sources of strength and as well as of blessing. happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. thy children like olive plants round about thy table thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord and and it's the you know the first command that comes out of Genesis 1 to, to be fruitful, and multiply, Mm -hmm. and so um, there's a sense that you're not living out the commands of God when you are not fruitful, yeah, and when you do not multiply. But what I find interesting is that this is a common story in the Scriptures. In fact, there's at least seven stories of this. Um and the Jewish Encyclopedia uh highlights potentially an eighth story. That story seems to be speaking of a son in particular. We'll, we'll come to that. But we're the story that we've been dealing with is uh is Sarai and Abram.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They w- will eventually bear a son, Isaac. It the next couple is Rebecca and Isaac they will bear a son, Jacob, Genesis 25. The next couple is Rachel and Jacob, Genesis 29. They'll bear a son, Joseph. Hmm. Um, In Judges 13, there's an unnamed woman. She's the wife of Manoah. She will bear a son named Samson. She's only an unnamed Woman in in all these stories. First uh, Samuel one. Guess who the child will be? Uh, First Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, Samuel. Samuel will be the son. <laughs> uh, oh, his name's
0: not First Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> and, Samuel one, Samuel two,
1: and and his and his brother, <laughs> Second Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh so you got Hannah uh and Elkanah. And then um you have Noka or I'm sorry, Michael, daughter of Saul, David's wife. Yeah. She's the only one that I could find that never bears a child. Mm. But then you have Elizabeth and Zechariah in Luke One and they bear a son named John. Uh the the last one, uh there's a Shumanite widow, or not widow, a Shumanite woman hmm. that uh has no son. Um we're not told whether or not she has daughters or not, but her her uh her husband's old, and uh-huh. Elisha. Uh, she provides respite for Elisha, and Elisha says to his servant, "Go and find out what we can do for her." And, and he says, "Well, she has no son." And that, so so she later bears a son, and and then at some point that son um, dies, and Elisha resurrects the son. Mm. But. Um, this is a common story in the scriptures, and and I think it's a, even it's a common story where husbands are are praying for for whatever. Where the wife, like that's that's such a helpless feeling for me personally when my wife is praying for something, and I'm like, yeah, Lord, can you can you see this? Will you hear her—like, pr- am I somehow hindering—I know that if I don't treat my wife well, my prayers can be hindered. Have I—you know, that's that's a question I wrestle with. Mm. Have I somehow hindered her prayers? Um, I think barrenness can take on different forms, mm. but in the strictest sense, um, this is a powerful uh, story— and it's a common story in the scriptures, and over and over and over again, God has used that barrenness to to show I do hear you.
0: Nice, cool. It would be it would be an interesting study that one could do to go through and compare stories; those uh, seven, maybe eight stories of barrenness, and pull out some similarities and look at the look at the overall trends and stuff and compare and contrast those
1: and it's interesting how often this is a story within you know three generations
0: sure boom 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 yeah nice cool well i think that'll do her for today uh just want to encourage you guys continue to be safe um Continue to dig in and get connected to community. If you aren't already, uh, highly encourage you. Reach out to us. We'll help you get connected. And uh, you guys just have a great week. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.